All right. Welcome back to Blue by 90, presented by Maze and Brew. I am Justin, joined by Jack and Kaylin. It is Wednesday, November 17th. And I have to tell you, listeners out there, we all just jumped on to the podcast and we're on Zoom here. And without coordinating or anything, we all wore big Dickinson energy shirts and it was just a wild moment for us. So if this is the greatest <laughs> podcast ever recorded, just know we're all in, in sync right now. <laughs> the best part is like we haven't worn these in so long. <laughs> and the first time that we all do is all at the same time. And we had no idea. <laughs> it's just incredible. <laughs> these are the OGs, too. These are like the when originals. we put out last year uh, yeah. before NIL, before uh, anything before Dickinson did his own thing. Uh, he did buy one from us and so did Jace, by the way. So mm-hmm. um, we did have their support. So we appreciate them. Shout out to the boys. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, let's get right into it here. Uh, hoops last night, a little disappointing. You know, I, obviously they go out and lose to uh, Seton Hall, 67-65. I got to first and foremost give a lot of credit to Seton Hall because they came out and were a lot better team than I had any clue that they were going to be. I know we took kind of talked about it too on the last pod. We're like, you know, Seton Hall historically is pretty solid, like really good. And I think they're, I think we all kind of expect them to be a pretty solid team, but I didn't expect them to be as good as they were. I thought they looked really good. Uh, they shot the ball. Well, um, for the most part, it looked like that, at least in the first half, that Roden kid, um, the guard and uh, Aiken, I remember them like standing out as playing really well. And that Obiagu just had like all, I think all his blocks came in the first half. He was just dominant in the paint defensively. Um, but I thought they looked good. Michigan's still good. We lost to a good team. For everybody that's overreacting, it's just, it's mind blowing. Yeah. I mean, I only knew about them because I'd seen them in a tournament like here or there. Right. But yeah. that was about the extent of my knowledge. So I was pretty much going in totally blind and honestly I was very surprised and like you know in a good way about them um I was kind of like wow they they can shoot the three ball pretty good and they're not bad in the paint they play good defense like that's a competitive team so I mean kind of like we talk about right the what we love about basketball season is you can play poorly at the beginning of the season you can take an L but you can still recover right and so like I'm not pissed that this is the team we lost to yeah, and I think, too, I mean, you look at what they've done. I, I mean, obviously, it's Yale and Fairleigh Dickinson, but they went out and beat Fairleigh Dickinson 93-49 and Yale 80-44. to So, I mean, no matter who you're playing, those are significant victories, right? Um, and Fairleigh Dickinson is actually usually uh, a tournament team winning whatever conference they're in. I have no idea what it is, but um, – I mean, I think the big thing that Seton Hall came out that I'm assuming Michigan was ready for because I'm, I'm sure they scouted them, but I was not ready for is they came out with 7-2, 6-10, 6-10, 6-8, I believe. They were huge. And I, so I had no idea that they had a guy that was 7-2 that could match up with Hunter. And he had zero points and only attempted – he technically didn't attempt a field goal because he got fouled on one of them, but – they definitely were um, – they interrupted what Hunter usually would do. And so them having length and size, I think you're going to be able to match up with a lot of teams, you know, especially when you play in the conference that they do. 
this is going to be a tournament tournament team that I don't think there's any doubt about that. And so maybe there's a chance that they stink down the road, but I don't see it. And so um, I, I think this was actually a really good test for Michigan. And I think it's going to be one of those situations where I'd rather have this loss come now than, you know, we're 16 and 0 midway through the big 10. And all of a sudden that's when we have our wake up call and we don't know how to react to a loss. So I'm being super op- optimistic and like glass half full, but I, I don't think it's a bad loss is all I'm saying. Yeah. They're what? 10% of the way through the season. Yeah. Losing to a good team. Yeah. I'm, I'm not concerned. It's November. It's yeah. November. Don't, Go don't hit the panic button. That's all I was going to say. Don't hit the panic button now. Yeah, definitely not. I mean, this is – if we were a bubble team that's like, you know – and maybe we will be. I have no idea, but I highly doubt it. If we were, you know, projected to be a bubble team and lost this game, that would be a tough blow because you need those non-conference uh, wins. But I think we're going to be okay. Um, and, you know, looking at what they are uh, – uh, so Seton Hall plays on the next Monday. They play against Ohio State at home. So mm. – we'll know if they're legit or if we stunk against them. So it'll, it'll, we'll know what happened there. Um, but I want to talk about, you know, let, let's talk about Michigan and what they did against this team. You know, what were you guys surprised with? What were you happy with? Were there po- any positives that you came away from this game from or with? Um, I mean, I thought for me, I felt like Eli Brooks really, stru- really stood out to be, the composed leader yeah. that, you know, the team needs him to be. Um, Devontae Jones, I mean, to be nitpicky, there were some takes that he had that I didn't love. Brandon Johns, man. I, like, I, I know I sent it to you guys. After the first two games, his, like, plus minus was, I think, negative. It was negative three or four or something like that. And uh, it was the worst by far of all the starters. And I'm looking at it now after – uh, game three. Now it's back to even. It's not even but that's positive. not good when they have. What were their? What were the? What was the point differential in their first two wins of the year? Um. So they won by twelve against Buffalo, and then won by you know 30, 38. So if you're, that's really hard to do to not have a plus minus differential after three games. When one of those games you won by thirty eight. Your total team plus minus, you know, I'm not a mathematician here, but I'm going to take a stab and say is around 40 uh, or, you know, around 50 there. Sorry. Um, So, you know, that's really hard to do when you're plus minus through three games is is even when the team is plus 50. And and (laughs) I hate to do this. I don't want to, like, really jab it at uh, Brandon Johns because I like him. I think he can be really good. I just yeah. feel like he doesn't have the confidence right now. Another thing that he kept doing was pump faking on, on threes. I'm like, dude, you've got, you've got room to shoot the ball. Plenty. And you've proved that you can shoot before. Take the shot. That's and just another was... thing. That big, big thing that stood out to me is like, I have no confidence. I'm not going to take the shot. And it's like, okay, what are you pump faking for? Do something. And there was one time, too, where he pump faked and then, like, did a step back and shot it. And I was like, take the take the clean shot that you had first you know yeah. uh, T will did one of those too and I just felt like 
nobody really had that confidence to step in and shoot it and take over. I agree with you. I thought Eli was really kind of the lone uh, bright spot. I, I would say Kobe Bufkin came in and was a bright spot as well. But, you know, when you're only playing a, a handful of minutes that you can only have that much impact. But it, it, there were times where we had to get the ball into Eli's hands in order to have the offense move at all, it felt like. Um, and when Devontae Jones brought the ball up, I was having a conversation with somebody that said they thought that the – the ball only moved when Devontae Jones was, you know, was bringing it up and making things happen. I thought it felt like the opposite. I thought I, that I agree. He, I, I thought With that you. he. Okay, thank you. I, I thought that he couldn't really get much going on. And then there were times where he'd drive, but he would draw maybe two defenders or something like that and still force it up instead of keeping his head up and looking for the other guy. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm right there with you. I do think he had a lot of good takes. Um, but again, like I said, being nitpicky, I think there was definitely um, a lot of times where he could have kicked it out to a wide open guy, you know, somewhere on the floor. Um, I, I don't know if he has felt the need like he needed to take over to kind of keep him in the game or something. But I mean, they got a good team. You can they spread run it good around. Sets. Like you can you can spread it around. I do want to say Dickinson, his stat line, maybe maybe it didn't reflect it for people watching the game. I mean, he played pretty well. He was eight of 11, uh, hit both his free throws, had nine rebounds, four assists, and 18 points. Here, here's the problem, though, is that he didn't have a bucket in the last 15 minutes of the game. He yeah, he, he did everything in the first half, uh, and, he, and he could not – They what they did in the second half is – they sagged defenders, so they had multiple big guys in the lane, and that way Hunter couldn't get the – he either couldn't get the ball or, or didn't have time. You know, he'd, they'd have somebody come over and collapse on him. And so it felt like when – I mean, what they did last year when that happened was Hunter would pass the ball, and that was when our offense was at its best was when they double-team Hunter, he'd pass it. He became this really great passer. And last night, he didn't seem to want to do that. He wanted to go at it. And honestly, most of the time, we couldn't even get the ball to him. So I, I, I felt like everybody could have been better, honestly. The only person that I thought that, that had a really good game and, and did things for us was Eli. Um, but, I mean, the one person I wanted to, to point out, and it's tough to criticize a guy in his third game of his career – <laughs> but Caleb Houston, one for nine in 0 for four from three, you know, that's just having a tough game. And so the the thing that I'll say there is like, yeah, Caleb Houston's probably going to have some tough games because he's he's young, but he played 39 minutes. I was going to say he he led the team in minutes. So I, there, I have a little question there for Juwan, man. It, I want you to have confidence in him. I want you to ride him for sure. But if he's not feeling it, and I'd say one for nine and zero for four is not feeling it, don't you ride with T. Will and get him in there? You know, get Buffkin in there. I, I don't. There are a lot of other weapons that you can utilize. I don't think if anybody in this on this team is getting thirty nine minutes, it definitely doesn't have to be Caleb Houston. I don't know. I think Caleb Houston's a good defender, though. I mean, he brings a lot of. Um athleticism to that position. I mean, I do agree. I'd like to see Buffkin in a little bit more. He looks like he's played pretty well when he's been in and T will too. I mean, he's been an improved player too, but it's not like he was shooting lights out either. I mean, he was one of five from the field. He did hit a three and he made a free throw. Um, so he had four points, but um, I do feel like T will is like this year's Shondi Brown. 
six man off the bench, you know, comes in, brings some energy, can hit a big shot to keep him in the game. Um, so I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like moving forward. But I do want to see Musa get more playing time for sure. And if that means Johns loses minutes, then that's – as of right now, that's fine with me until Johns can get his confidence up. It just seems odd to me playing Caleb Booth Houston that, that many minutes when he's, like, cold, right? Like, I would get it if he was, like, really hot. But if you're – he's a true freshman, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I It seems to me that you would play your true freshman, maybe, you know, ease him in a little bit more unless he's just, like – that much better than everybody and i think he is i mean i think he's already he he's he's probably going to be a one and done if i had to guess i mean he's smooth and and can do it maybe they squeeze two years out of him um but i think he's you know there's a definite chance that he's a one and done so juan thinks very highly of him but i i agree with you kaylin the where like you know at some point you say, Hey, let's ride with our hot guys. And I know no, it's not like anybody else was hot, but like, I would have loved to see Buffkin stay in there and see what he could have done. Um, but you know, you guys are talking about Houston is a great defender. You know, I, I think we had issues with how big they were. Yes. Caleb Houston is six, six or whatever, six, seven and whatever he is, but we could have went with Johns Dickinson or Diabate and, and combated their, their length there. Um, you know, I think that the one thing is, is that Diabate, we realize that he's still skinny and young as well and can't probably, you know, the, the what's his name? Uh, Obiagu, that dude is a man. Seven I mean, foot two, his arms are like the size of my waist. He, lo- he looks like Kofi from Illinois. That's who he looks like. <laughs> yes, he does. He does. It, I mean, it was like, holy shit. That guy is, I mean, really incredible. But the thing is, though, he had one point, you know, but he he felt like he did his job where he, you know, he didn't let Hunter take over 18 points. But did you really ever feel like Hunter was dominating the game? I, I didn't think so. Yeah, I mean, I felt I mean, like he was doing his job, you know. I, think I didn't feel like he question. was bad. I didn't think he was like amazing, like we've seen him before. But I wasn't like, man, this game's on Hunter, you know? Yeah. I, I think what you said, um, Justin, is just when he doesn't score the last 15 minutes of the game, that's where it kind of really stands out. And that's what sets in your mind. Um, yeah. I mean, so I that, that's got to be it. He did have some free throws down the stretch, but he didn't have like a field goal, you know? So it wasn't, which I, I felt like. You know, here's the thing. You, you've got a shot at the end of the game and you're, you know, you're down one, I believe and they uh, run a, a, I don't know what they ran, but Eli basically ran in a circle and then like kicked it out to T will and T will got fouled, but it definitely wasn't what they were trying to run. Here's what I want to be able to do. I know that they have a seven foot two guy too, but my guy is a preseason all American you know, conference player of the year, like, Hey, I, am I, if I'm down one, I want to be able to give it, get it to Hunter Dickinson and have him get to the freaking rim and either shove it down or get fouled. Right. Like, yeah, I don't know, man, that, that just frustrated me where like, how do you still with the, all the weapons on the floor, how do you still not have a, an option 
it looked like a go-to option for your final shot when the game's on the line. So I want to I want to ask you about this because I, I told you guys I wasn't able to watch the full game. I was able to watch majority of it, but I saw a lot of um, a lot of comments on Twitter about you know Michigan wasn't getting calls at the end of the game. What what was that about? Was that a lot on Hunter too, kind of stopping him from scoring, or what was the deal there? No, I mean there was one play that was insanity. That I, I mean it was the wildest no call I've ever seen in my entire life. It's whether it was. <laughs> whether it was on Hunter or on their big dude, I mean, it was a legitimate tackle. Like they would have called that football. in football. Yeah. Yes. It literally Jeez. looked like they got ta- – so what happened was is it was, you know, they got tangled up underneath after a rebound. And, like, you know those things where, like, they're both got their arms up and they both kind of clamped down on each other. So yeah. that, that happened. It's really hard. From different angles, it looks like – either one of them clamps on each other, like either at the same time or, or like right one after the other. So it's hard to tell who did it. One angle showed that the guy like ripped him down. The other angle showed that Hunter ripped him down. I don't know who, I don't know what it was, but it was insane that they like, and this is with like, I don't know, a minute left or something like that. And they just like let this, I mean, Two seven foot two dudes just wham on the ground. I'm in the I'm in the upper deck. You can hear them falling from there, and like the refs are just like, we're gonna let them play, let them go, let them go. <laughs> and so that was like the wild part. And then immediately, maybe ten seconds later, Devontae Jones is playing defense like there. So Seton Hall's now kind of uh, pushing the ball down the floor. Devontae Jones is, is guarding their guy. He's the primary defender. He gets in front of him, takes the charge. They call a block. So Seton Hall's now – they're in the bonus, so they're shooting free throws. That's what put them up one at the end of the game. It was mm. – that one was a really bad call. The no call was insane, and then – and I don't – but I don't know who it should have been against. The charge block was a bad call against Michigan, uh, and that put them up. So – the whole place was booing. The whole place was going ridiculous. It was it was a bad officiating crew, and they kind of they they took over at the end of the game, which is like the last thing you want to see, you know, an officiating crew do. Yeah. Was so so was that um was that block call the one you're referring to? Is that the one where he was on the three point line? Yes. Roughly. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. That was tough. I mean, I guess I could see it, but I'm almost at that point. I'm like, kind of let him play through it. I mean. If you, if you let the tackle go. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, know? that's what I'm saying. Let the tackle go. Let, I mean, play through that. I don't know. It just felt like, you know, I, I don't I don't think you can blame the loss on the refs, but they definitely didn't help them down the stretch for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, here's the thing. they Michigan had a 12-point lead and a double-digit lead like multiple times, and it felt like Michigan would go on a five-point run, and then Seton Hall would go on a seven-point run to kind of, like, keep it in distance, you know, even though Michigan was keeping them at bay a little bit. And then in just in the last two, three minutes, Seton Hall started coming back, and, and then all of a sudden, like, holy shit, we've got a tie game, and Michigan couldn't make a freaking bucket down the, down the stretch. And so, you know, it was a frustrating game to watch as a Michigan fan. It really was. They they Whoa. couldn't like buy a three. Like oh I'm pretty God. sure, like 20 minutes went by before they scored a three point. I think it was only it it was late into the second half that we finally hit a three, and then we hit a couple. Right. We ended up with three, I believe. Eli 
Jones and, and T will, but like, I, I don't know how many teams, no matter who you're playing, you're going to beat if you go three for 15 from three, you know, unless Hunter has 47 points. I don't know. You know, I don't know what you're going to do there. So. And, and the thing is, too, we lost to a good Seton Hall team by two going yeah. three for 15 from three and arguably our best player, Caleb Houston, having probably the worst game he's going to have in a Michigan uniform. Let's hope. Let's hope. Positive so, vibes yeah. only. I, I do think I, – I really do think it's a positive uh, – you know, you can see it's not a positive. You don't want to lose. But, it you know, there has not been a single team to go undefeated in the NCAA in, like, 30 years. <laughs> so, it's going to be okay. Um, and, I mean, let's talk about the overreaction of Michigan fans out there. Twitter is a wild place. It's a wild <laughs> place, man. Uh, the one guy said that we're going to the NIT and, and we just have to, like, we should have never uh, re-signed Howard, uh, Juwan Howard, <laughs> and just, like, now we got to wait five more years till we get rid of him. I'm like, oh, my God, man. You bringing, have to live in that Michigan, life. Michigan oh. football fan negativity to the basketball season three, three games in. That's – it's a tough look. <laughs> That's how you have a really, really poor, like six months out of the year. If you just have a negative attitude through Michigan football and Michigan basketball. So man, it's, it's just a wild place out there, man. I, I don't know. I, I know Michigan fans have been through the ringer, but man, we gotta, you gotta just have a better life than that. I think. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> you're not helping yourself at all. But yeah. one, one thing I did want to point out for the next game, Michigan's next game, they play at 1230 a.m. I know it's insane. You so are the our three games this year or the last three games Wednesday or it was like a Wednesday at 630 p.m. on banner night. So people like had trouble getting to the game to see them raise the banner, which is frustrating. Thank shout out BTN. Uh, the next one is a 9 PM Tuesday night. And then this one, 1230 AM in Vegas. You gotta be shitting me. It's crazy. What are we doing here? What are we I doing? I'm, I'm hoping we'll be at the bar at that point. I think we will be after the Pistons game. Maybe yeah, a little a good old point. Old shillelaghs put the game on. Oh, shillelaghs. There, there we go. There we go. <laughs> Nothing good has ever happened at Old Shillelaghs, but hey, that's like the skeeps of Detroit. I, I, I yeah. very much enjoy going there. <laughs> we might be there. We might be. I'm, there. Ho- I'm hoping so. I usually don't remember it, but that's all right. <laughs> they put that on a sign out front. The skeeps of Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. All right, so basketball is definitely underway, and uh, you know I. I still am having fun watching them. Obviously it was very frustrating, but I'm excited to watch them again. Um, you know, my guess is that Juwan's going to have them in better shape, but um, you probably wished going into this game against UNLV. Honestly, I have no idea how good UNLV is, but you probably wished that you were going to be, you know, won that Seton Hall game looked pretty good going on the road to play in Vegas. Um yeah, they beat they beat Cal by three, they beat Gardner Webb by by six, and North Dakota State by two. So I don't think they're that good. Um, mm-hmm. So Michigan should be a favorite uh, favorite there for sure. 
football wise, we can we can turn to that. Does it feel like Ohio State week yet, or or is this like the most irrelevant game of the season so far? <laughs> Dude, that's what that's what makes me so nervous, man. That is what makes me so nervous. I'm like everybody's looking at Ohio State. Nobody really thinks anything of Maryland. I mean, I think I mean Michigan should win this game, but I don't know, man. I could see little baby Tua having a big game or something and keeping it close and making making us nervous. Yeah, I mean that's his thing, right? Like. He's an extremely efficient, or I don't know about efficient, but their passing offense is very highly rated. Is my so, yeah, I, mean, good- I, I said this on the uh, brewcast that I was on the other night is like, and this is, a, I'm knocking on wood. It's probably a terrible thing to say. Don't hold me to it if we, if something goes wrong on Saturday. It's like they, they run like a, a JV version of Ohio State's offense. I mean, that's scary, but it's a great that's warm a good, up for Ohio State. That's a great tune-up, yeah. I I agree, man. They've got speed on the outside. They've got a mobile quarterback that can throw it, but they're all just like le- a little lesser athletes that Ohio State has. What a great tune-up game. This is perfect. I actually feel better about it now. There you <laughs> go. All I have to say is one thing, and you guys are all on board now. I love it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Baby 2 has thrown like a ton of picks too. He's he's 20 and 10, 20 touchdowns, 10 picks, over 3,000 yards passing. I mean, they the the thing is their defense is bad. Really bad. Yeah. They allow 30 points a game. How wow. many rushing yards do they allow? Uh 157 and 258 passing. Well, I think I mean I see Michigan's offense doing just about whatever they want against them. My guess is that we're just going to run the shit out of the ball forever and ever. Um, but I also think if Corum's not back, which I'd highly doubt that he is back, why would you you know, play him in this if he's anywhere near coming back for Ohio State? Mm-hmm. Maybe they try and lessen the load for Hassan Haskins and he doesn't have to you know, run it 30 times and then Cade can throw it 25 instead. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like if I'm – you know, not feeling nervous about this game. I expect it to go a lot like the Indiana game one. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, my expectation. I would love them, though, to, like, open it up. Wouldn't you guys love to see them open it up and be like, hey, Cade, outside of Michigan State, Cade can throw really well and throw it downfield. Because, like, even the Penn State game, I mean, he had good stats and he, I thought he played well, but it wasn't like – you know, outside of the touchdown pass, how many times did they like really throw it downfield and and you know open it up? Yeah, I mean, I, I love this. I hope for that every game. I would love to see Kane throw for three hundred yards every game. You know, I feel like Cornelius Johnson always gets um, a lot of space. I mean, at least a couple times a game where he's open deep. So I mean, I'd, I'd love to see some big plays. That's for sure. I'd be interested to see too in this game if JJ plays, and if so, how much? Right? Yeah. Especially with them not playing at all last week. I mean, that'll be interesting. Yeah, I I mean, go ahead. This would be a good one to get them some, like, reps, I think. Um, Especially if they have a pretty poor defense. Like, you could get J.J. in there. You could even try some new concepts, right? Like, I don't know. Especially if you're trying to tune up for Ohio State. Um, 
I think though, that's kind of where you don't want to get caught maybe too, right? You don't want to be looking ahead. So you're like testing out silly stuff. Yeah. I think you only do it once you're up like three scores, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, in reality, I think what we all really want is, you know, get Dan Bellari in the game. I let him, I let (laughs) him throw it deep. That's, that's all I really asked for. If we're up by three scores, I want to see Dan get in there and just let him chuck it. Danny Dimes, I mean, this would be a fantastic time for him to come in and chuck one. That's for sure. Give all we need is want. one little out route. Uh, that's all we're asking for. I mean, I that's would it. love a long touchdown, but I just need a completion. That's all I need. That's all I need. Well, that's he's got to throw a touchdown. He's got to throw a touchdown to Joel. Come on. I was just going to say, <laughs> it would be fantastic if he did have a completion to Joel. That would be like the ultimate thing. Oh my God! Get him a little uh, red zone package. Have have Joel go out to the corner, jump ball. Yeah, you better line up, line up that one, and call blue by ninety, blue by ninety on. <laughs> oh, that'd be incredible. There you go. There you go. Next time we do have have uh, Joel or Valari or anybody on, we gotta try and get an audible in blue by ninety, blue by ninety. <laughs> it fits. You can hear that. Like that. Yeah, I could definitely hear them calling that. Oh, oh my god! That would be I can incredible. see the camera flashing back to Jim, and he's like looking at the place. He's like, "What the <laughs> <Yeah>. hell?" Is- <laughs> Wait, what if what if they they go to the play card and it's like a picture of all of us like chugging <laughs> beer? <laughs> it's like us bonging the beers at the tailgate or something. Oh my god! Now that that would be the uh, most ideal situation that we can ask for. <laughs> That's how you win against Ohio State. I right. I agree. We've just unlocked the key for sure. For <laughs> sure. They'll just hold up a sign of all of us wearing the same shirt. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. There we go. All right. Well, if anybody, if get Josh Gaddis, if you're listening, Jim Harbaugh, if you're listening, which we know you are, um, let's get that on the play cards this week and let's test it out so we can get it. Or actually, let's keep that in the vault for, uh, until Ohio State. I wouldn't want to, you know, release that too soon. You know what I mean? Don't want that on film. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Let's save it. Let's see. You guys want to talk about the uh, college football playoff rankings? Yeah, that we're better than Michigan State. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would love to. I love it. <laughs> I know everybody was like, oh, maybe they'll fix their mistake from the previous <laughs> week. And it was like, no, nope, they're just going to stick with it. I just love stick it. Stick with it. Dude, they oh, announced man. it, and uh, David Pollock was like, "Ah, <laughs> he was tossed." Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I, I can't remember who the other guy is on there. It's like David Pollock, um, Joey Galloway was there. Joey Galloway, and I, he's I an Ohio State guy. He is. And I loved his take. He was like, "Guys, who cares? This is all going to figure itself out <laughs> it in is. the next few weeks." Like, it is. David, relax. <laughs> it's literally the thing is that we have to remember is it's a literal entertainment show to try and get views. And they know that, guess what? Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State all play each other in the next two weeks. And so it's going to get figured out here. And on top of that, like, I mean, there are other teams that it's going to get figured out with too. So, like, you just have to remember that. But at the same time, if the situation was flipped and – you know, we were this. We were the Spartans in this situation. Oh, I'd be, I'd be throwing a fit. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the like you said. It's for pure entertainment. I mean, I think it's the first time in college football playoff rankings release history that they have a top seven when they release yeah, those instead of a top six. Like they're, they're doing it all for show. Yeah, I mean, it's 
who gives a shit? I don't know. Yeah. It's like, it's this thing that right now I'm loving it because Sparties are so angry about it. Oh, yeah. It's like the most butthurt and like, they're, they're just, this is like their big thing, you know, that they like, they're, they're the end all be all right now, apparently is the college football playoff rankings, even though they know it's going to play itself out too. And everybody knows out there, if Michigan state beats Ohio state on, on Saturday, they're going to jump Michigan. Like that's pretty obvious. And they'll oh, yeah. jump Ohio state, probably Cincinnati, too. probably Cincinnati. Yeah. So they like they beat Ohio State in Columbus. You're in the top four. I mean, that's we have to prepare for that as Michigan fans. I I I'd be shocked if it happened, but not shocked also because I don't know what Black Magic Mel Tucker has and what you know D'Antonio sacrificing like animals or something still somewhere so that they can <laughs> win football games. But um, you know, it, it really they're both in this win out situation, and and you're in. I still think. You know, so yeah. I mean, I think all all the teams in the Big Ten, the East, top three, Jesus, not not Northwestern. Um, yeah, Michigan wins out there in Ohio State wins out there in Michigan State wins out there in. I agree. I think the, I think the question is though, what if one of those three teams went out and uh, they lose in the Big Ten title game? Do you think they're still in? That's a good question. I mean, I feel like that's been an argument every year at, in one of the conferences because it's happened where a team goes in there at 11 and one or 12 and oh or something like that and then they lose but they get penalized for playing in an extra game right. and then a team that didn't go to the championship the conference championship game squeaks by them and it's like all right that's stupid too why would i why do i want to play in the conference championship game if the only thing that can happen is negative, right? Like, right. That, I mean, that's almost why, like, let's say you look at, look at Michigan, they may be better off having Sparty went out and, and then went out as well. You know, as long as we still beat Ohio state and Maryland this weekend, maybe you hope for a Cincinnati loss. Um, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I think, I, I think you're, you're thinking too hard at this. I think your, your, your brain is, can't handle all this capacity of i mean you're really smart i know i know you're really (laughs) what you're gonna end up playing wisconsin or something probably who's playing well there that's a lot different team than when michigan went to camp randall i'd say i mean that's what i'm saying like i I know i would you know we kind of talked about we'd rather have ohio state beat michigan state so michigan can win out and beat ohio state looks better and they go to the big 10 title game but we might just want Michigan State to beat Ohio State, and then once we beat Ohio State, we're eleven and one, and then we don't even have to worry about playing an extra game. I know it kind of takes like the power out of your hands, like you know, maybe you don't get into the top four because of that, but you know, maybe you avoid the potential loss in a Big Ten title game that keeps you out indefinitely. You know, I don't know. Just I mean, something to throw out there, a little talking point. Little talking point. There you go. You're really bringing the topics here. I like it. Uh, um, I, I don't know. I mean, I would, if I had to put a lot of money down, I'd say whoever wins the big 10 East is going to win the big 10, but yeah. I, maybe Wisconsin is just like hitting their stride. I don't know. But I also think like Graham Mertz doesn't throw more than 10 times a game right now. So like, how are you going to beat the defenses of Michigan and Ohio state or Michigan state, you know? So either way. I, what I think is the most ridiculous thing right now is like 
all right, you put Cincinnati at five after you left them, you know, they, they all they've done is beat shitty teams. So now they all of a sudden jump Michigan and Michigan state. And, but what's going to happen if Michigan or Michigan state wins out, they're just going to jump them again. So it's like, what are we doing here? You know? Yeah. I don't get it. I mean, I, yeah, that's tough. I know. I'm almost saying like, well, because Ohio state is at number four, like it would be like, I don't know, explainable to have Michigan or Michigan state jump them. But also it's like Cincinnati's undefeated. I know they're playing shit teams, but I don't know. I mean, I just think make, make a 12 room. team playoff. Just make a 12 team playoff. Yeah. There's also room for some of those teams to get like knocked out. Right. Like you could argue that Alabama and Georgia are going to have to play and Georgia could knock Alabama out. Yeah, I mean, definitely. And so that's one of those situations where, like, the SEC championship, like, if it's a great game, like, how do you not have both those teams still in it, you know? at But if Bama loses, they're at 10 – they'd be at 11-2, and two, mm-hmm. you know? Like, that's – so you're going to put an 11-2 and two Bama over a 10-0 Cincinnati, you know, a possible 10 and uh, – or 11-1 and one, Big Ten team, an eleven and one Notre Dame team, a possible eleven and one Oklahoma State or or Wake Forest. Like, I I don't know, man. It's just I the the whole thing is just ridiculous. How we can't possibly get to eight or twelve teams. I I mean, it's it's outrageous. Yeah. Every other freaking league does it. It's so stupid. It's very and, frustrating. I mean, I think we still have till like twenty twenty four. We got three more fucking years of this, and I. It's just an annoying thing every year, you know? So we'll get there. Whatever. Don't worry. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think you look at, all right, let's look at the top, the top 12 teams right now are all have one loss or all have two losses or less. And then Oklahoma's at 13 with one loss. Ole Miss and Baylor are there at two losses. Like, there's a pretty significant drop-off after, like, 13, 12, 12, 13 teams, I'd say, which, like, makes it e- pretty easy to do that, I'd say. Yeah. You're still going to have the argument, right, of, like, oh, this 13th team should have got in and not the 12th team, but that doesn't matter near as much as f- five versus four. Right, yeah. I mean, the top, the top I'd say, even – eight teams are much closer than, you know, nine through 12, right? Which I th- which is like what you're saying. So, yeah, I mean, a 12-team playoff would just make sense. Eight-team would obviously be an improvement, but 12-team just, like, gives nobody any excuse to complain anymore. Yeah. Um, I also, like, I don't know. The committee is just, like, it's this hodgepodge of people. I don't understand what their qualifications are. It's like different ADs and like, they obviously have interests, you know, that um, it's just like, it's like having politicians like vote for themselves, you know, or like vote for their buddies. It's ridiculous. Right. Yeah. I'm not sure what the criteria is for people to get on that committee. Yeah. It's, like it I, I, I am be, curious. I feel like this is like a yeah random hodgepodge of people. Like how how does they even work? They should just be like fan vote. They should just yeah. all vote. Yes. 
that's what the rankings are. Give me the fan vote. I love it. I actually think what it should be is like the top athletic directors in the country come to a blue by 90 tailgate and, you know, we just play flip cup. We just do an elimination flip cup. That'd be great. You know what they should do is they should have a computerized system that just ranks all the teams, call it like the BCS or something. That would be incredible. That'd be good. Bring that in. Oh, BC- oh yeah, that's actually – so I haven't heard of that, of that one. And so, like – so that's pretty cool. And then there would, like it, – since it's <laughs> – I couldn't even get it out. So, so since it's, like, computerized, like, there's definitely no way that, like, the computer screws up and gives, like, you know, people – people won't be mad at that, right? No. No, you can't be mad at technology ever. No, I mean, you should make the trophy a crystal ball. That was the best. I do, I do like the crystal ball trophy. I I do as well. That was the coolest for sure. That was the coolest. Um, So I'm looking at the uh, college football playoff committee. 13 members in 2021. A lot of athletic directors in here. Um, There's also an Arizona State professor. So you know they go to one of the universities, obviously. High accolades, Arizona State, you know, known for their academics. Um, definitely not known for, like, anything else other than than just going to school there. So that's cool that they're in there. Um, Will Shields, former Nebraska offensive lineman, just, you know, played football a long time ago, and he gets in. Did anybody here play football? Yeah, I did. <laughs> Come on. I did. Come on. All right, cool. You – I've. Oh, you played college football a while ago? All right, cool. You should know who's in. That'll be good. Uh, the John Urschel is a former Penn State offensive lineman as well. So him and Will, I'm sure, are just, you know, talking about the good old days of Penn State, Nebraska. Um, and then Rod West, group president, Entergy Corporation. So we're getting the business side involved where, you know, then we know the big bucks and how the money is involved. So that's good too. Um, and then Tyrone Willingham, former uh, Notre Dame coach, um, you know, so. Yes, if he's from Notre Dame, he can't be trusted. We know that. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, yeah. So, I mean, this is just, it's really cool how they put this group of people together and, None of them have any conflict of interest or anything like that. And so, um, yeah, I mean, this is just the NCAA just really, you know, I feel like they're, they've always been a solid organization and this is just a continuation of that. (laughs) Is it the NCAA though? I thought they were like a totally separate thing. I think it is. I don't know. We're talking out of our ass at this point. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I've been rambling on for quite some time now. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're just, those two, NCAA and the College Football Playoff Committee, like, I'd love to see them go to, like, get in a room together and just hash things out, you know? That'd be fun. I'd pay yeah. to see that. <laughs> Rough and rowdy. I, did I, that. I will say, like, how fun would it be if – and they would never do this because they're I'm sure they're talking money behind the scenes. Would it be sweet to, like, have a live cam on them discussing teams? Like, that would be oh, incredible. Yeah. yeah. They could have like their own team, um, you know, edit it and whatever, but at least receive some sort of insight into it would be great. It should just be yeah. like a debate. And then like you can watch and like they have a live chat and you can just be like, eh, that guy's full of shit. Right. 
And, I like uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> stream it live on YouTube. And then you can like give a bunch of thumbs downs. And then if they get too many thumbs downs, their chair just like gets sucked away from the table. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I love it. I love it. There you go. All right. Well, now we we've we've found a way to to uh, fix the college football playoff committee too. So um, we've got a key. So so far on this podcast, we got the the key to play calling versus Ohio State, and we uh, you know fix the college football playoff. So, I mean, if you're listening here, I I, I don't know what more we can give. You. I really don't. <laughs> Uh, it took us a while to get there, but here we are. Oh God! So yeah. this, these are the hard-hitting facts you're getting at uh, over here at Blue by Ninety. So if you've made it this long, God, God bless your soul. Um, all right, so let's give our predictions for uh, the Michigan Maryland game here. Um, you know, in, in uh, is it College Park, Maryland? I think I think that's yeah. what, what city it is. College Park, yeah. Maryland. Um, I've heard it's actually kind of a fun town. I mean, it's like right in DC. Uh, it's a smaller campus and stuff, but um, it's going to be like 90% Michigan fans. I have to imagine Um, I've already gotten like, we we've gotten hit up on Twitter and Instagram by a lot of people. Hey, you guys throwing a tailgate? You, are you going to the game? Blah, blah, blah. So um, if you are throw it on Twitter, I'm going to throw it on Twitter too. Just just be like, Hey, here's, DM people on this thread if you uh, if you're going to Maryland and meet up because that'd be a cool thing to see a bunch of Michigan people together. There you go. Um, but, but let's hear it. So Michigan Maryland predictions. Jack, go ahead. I think the spread right now is Michigan uh, minus fourteen and a half. So I'm gonna say they cover. Um, I'll say they win. Let's go thirty-one to ten. All right. All right. My prediction. That's very much like uh, the Indiana game. So if that's what you're yeah. thinking, that's pretty spot on. All right, Kalen, how are you feeling? Yeah, I'm like almost right there with you, Jack. I'm thinking 34-14. All right. I, I, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty much the same or it's close to it. So I could definitely see that happening where it's like that's what – that's how Michigan has won essentially every – like not big game this year. It feels like where, you know, they don't score a ton, but they somehow they score a couple broke, break open a couple late to get to into the thirties. And then their defense, you know, gives up a field goal and, and a touchdown or something like that. Um, my guess is actually, they're going to get a little crazy and get into the forties. Oh, I'm going to go, cool. I'm going to go 44 to seven. I think that this defense wow. is still going to be playing really well, um, and they're they're ready. They're like not skipping a beat. That's what I think. I think there are people out there that are worried about you know this being a trap game, which I think people in this room are too. You know, absolutely. I think it's valid, but I think this team is just like let's go out there. It's a tune-up game, and let's go kick the shit out of them and, and get ready to play uh, those those idiots down south. Um, so that's, that's what I've got for you. Those idiots down South Tibbs. Tibbs. T-I-D-S. Tibbs. Yeah. There you go. Tibbs. Tibbs. Down- so you Tits. Excuse Tibbs? me. This is We're a playing? family. This We're is a, a game? family show. 
how am I, what am I supposed to tell my kids when I'm listening to this and I and you say tits on here? You got to be kidding me. Yeah. <laughs> While you're wearing a shirt that says Big Dickinson in <laughs> Oh, my God. Oh, there you go. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we want to give a shout out to Truly. We'll be drinking those this weekend. Uh, absolutely during the game. Um, so thank you for truly for sponsoring our pod. Shout out to Amazing Brew, of course. Go check out all the, the stuff that they have at amazingbrew.com. You know, you, you've got uh, our podcast on here, obviously. You've got the Brewcast, which I uh, was able to be a part of uh, earlier this week. And then they've got more recruiting roundup and just a ton of stuff and then a ton of written content as well. Um, you know, putting out a bunch of articles every single day. So check out all that stuff there. And then, um, yeah, we will, uh, we'll continue to have a podcast a couple times a week here. Um, probably the, the cadence is probably going to be Monday mornings. And then at some point later in the week, like a Thursday, Friday type thing. So that's when you can find us. It'll probably also depend on, what happens with the, uh, the basketball schedule too, you know, where one time they're playing during the week as well. So we'll, uh, either way you, you aren't getting rid of us. So that's about all I have to say about that. You can follow us on social media at blue by 90 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. And then, uh, we are now on the Mason brew, uh, YouTube, uh, channel, not the blue by 90 YouTube channel anymore. So go check us out there too. And with that, we said, go blue. Go blue. Go blue.